Hey, this is The Commute Home, and this week we're going to talk about Derek Becomes an Engineer. Why do I say engineer? Because engineers aren't good at spelling, they're good at math. So <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's uh, engineering humor for you. So yeah, this week you're going to get to know me a little bit better, and uh, we're going to talk about me being an engineer. There's some interesting stories about why I got into it, what college was like, what the work life has been like, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun time. So join us, get to know me a little bit better, and let's listen to Derek Becomes an Engineer. Let's do this. It's The Commute Home with Nick and Derek. This is Nick. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. Talk about some movies. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make The Commute Home. Hey, don't honk at me. So, Derek. So, Nick. You are an engineer, correct? I am, yes. Um, and not to be confused with a conductor that is on trains. You are a, an engineer of what exactly? Uh, yeah, I am not a train engineer, though when I was younger I did used to wear the overalls, you know, the, the blue and white striped uh, train engineer overalls. Did you have one of the hats? I never did, I don't think, no. But I, I had the overalls. I'm talking like teens I had the overalls because, like, overalls were in style for a while. Remember that back in the day? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, man. yeah, I had a pair of those. Did you used to wear yours with like one strap off? I never did that. Me, it was like overalls and like an Adidas jersey. We make a mean team, my Adidas and me. We get around together, we down forever, and we won't be mad when it's one of them that's the idea. Oh, okay. All right. Did you ever do the overall shorts? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Did guys? Yeah, I guess guys did do that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. That was just, and then they would have the one strap. <laughs> yeah, that was just too baller for me. Like I think I once went into a changing room and tried it on, and I'm like, Ugh, I, I don't think I can pull <laughs> this off. Baller. You know. <laughs> so you had engineer overalls. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> so I am basically an electrical engineer. That's a simple way. That's what my degree is in. Okay. So you're an electrical engineer. I imagine you probably, uh, you know, you probably have a story of, like, why you became a, an electrical engineer, right? Or was this always a lifelong dream? Nah, did, nah, there's an origin story for this. Let's talk about your origin of why you wanted to become an electrical engineer. All right. How did you get there? So as a kid, thinking about it growing up, I don't remember what I want. This gentleman right here does the best Christopher Walken that I, in the world. And that is a, that's an impression. Where do we go from here? <laughs> you know, he... So, as a kid, thinking about it growing up, I don't remember what I wanted to be as a kid. Do you remember? Yeah. What, what was it? I got a list. I want to be an actor. I want to be a race car driver. I wanted to be a football player. I want to be a basketball player. I sucked at baseball, so I didn't want to do that. I, I could go on and on about all the stuff I wanted to do. As a kid, I, I, I would try to like imagine myself 25 years old, and I couldn't do it. I'm like, I, like the idea of like being like 25 seems so old to me, and I was scared of it. It was so weird. <laughs> 
and I just I could not picture myself as an adult whatsoever. So as a kid, like I had hobbies and interests in all that, but I never like had like any aspirations to say I, I wanted to be this or do this or this or this or this and this. I was completely content living in my fantasy land. See, with me, I in my mind, there was kids and there was old people. Like I didn't I didn't understand. I, I guess in my mind, I didn't understand ages. Like I knew you like. You were okay. a kid and you couldn't do things. Then you become a teenager and all of a sudden you got to do some stuff. And then you become an, an adult. And all adults to me were old as shit. Because I had really no idea how old my parents were, uh, my aunts or uncles or anything like that. I just thought they were old people. And that all sucked to me. So I can see why it would be scary to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably in hindsight, you know, when I was thinking about 25, to me I think 25 I thought seemed like 40 for some reason. Right, right, but, yeah, exactly. But, but you know, in high school, I started kind of in the back of my mind. My parents were like, hey, you know, think about things you might want to do when you want to grow up. And I thought about it, you know, here and there. And I finally decided, you know what? School teacher. I would like to be a school teacher. And I liked, and like the one, one uh, subject I really like in school was history. So I'm like, I, I want to be a history teacher. Uh, ancient civilizations, that was my thing. I was really into, you know, Egypt and Mesopotamia and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you went way back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even more recent history, I'm into that as well, too. I mean, I always did well in history classes and always really enjoyed it. So I thought history. And then um, in one year, for one of my classes, I don't remember uh, why they did this, but they, they brought in the, high, the head of hiring for the school district. And um, so this was District 155, which is uh, the high schools for, like, uh, Crystal Lake and Cary. And he told us that for every one job opening that they have in the district for a teacher, they get 3,000 applications. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like, I, I had my date, my grades were okay, but I wasn't a part of, like, National Honor Society or any sports, or I did no extracurricular activities. And my grades were just okay. They weren't exceptional. I'm like, there is no way my name is going to, like, stick out in a stack of paperwork, a stack of resumes. I'll never get a job. So you didn't. You didn't think about other areas, right? Because you just like lived in your bubble. You didn't think that, like, fifty miles away in Chicago, for every three thousand job openings, they have one applicant. Yeah, you know, you're you're exactly right. I thought, okay, this is. I thought I live in a small town, so if it's if it's this bad here, it must be this bad everywhere. Got it. In dist in hindsight, oh, 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 uh, this district's kind of known for being a well-paying district in the state. I didn't know that. Mm. So that's why a lot of people want to work there. They want that money. Yeah, that's what I was told uh, a couple years later. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I, I heard that around my freshman. I'm sorry, around my sophomore junior year, and I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I was a little stressed about it. And uh, finally, like first semester my senior year uh i'm in accelerated physics and these engineers from motorola uh, come in and like my my views up to this point i was like engineers nerds Let's go. Next, 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 next,
so fucking smart. You're a nerd. Accelerated fucking physics? What the fuck is that, man? I don't know. You gotta think. I mean, I'm accelerated physics with like hair down to the middle of my back wearing uh, Primus t-shirts. You know, with bib overalls. <laughs> no, that was that was like a year after that, actually. <laughs> okay. But and we didn't call them bibs, by the way. That's a southern thing, <laughs> or a Wisconsin <laughs> thing, which is the same thing as a southern thing. <laughs> oh, Illinois folk. Yeah, that's right. Better than the, better than all. <laughs> but that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So Motorola guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had never considered being an engineer because I'm just like nerds. Nerds. Like I, I get like visions of like Revenge of the Nerds in my head whenever I thought of engineers. <laughs> like I wasn't really quite sure what they did, but in my mind, like they all kind of looked like a cross between like the guys that worked like worked at NASA in the '60s and um, like Michael Douglas and Falling Down. Minus X minus ten, nine, eight. Like they all have like. Did you know, they have pocket protectors? Pro- pocket protectors, short sleeve white shirts, ties, flat tops. I assume that's the way all engineers looked, even in the mid nineties. <laughs> Nerds. Nerds! Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no way. So I'm like, uh, so they come in and they start talking about the different kinds of engineering. Like, you know, civil engineering, you know, nerds. Nerds! Mechanical engineering, nerds. Nerds! You know, this kind of engineering, that kind of of engineering. Uh, Computer engineering, nerds. Nerds! Super nerds. Then they went went to like electrical engineering. I'm like, nerds. And then they started going through the list of the different things electrical engineers do. And then it kind of it kind of started covering audio and music and speakers and amplifiers and and instruments. I'm like, oh, they were top secret recruiters. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so it, it's kind of like my love of music kind of is what got me interested in engineering because at this time I was in bands and I had already become the guy in the band that would have to fix stuff. Like a lot of times cables, cables would break all the time. So I would have to go through and I learned how to like re-solder cables together. Oh, wow. So I was already very comfortable with working electri- with electronics. You know, with a, I, 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 you know, built that six string fretless bass guitar. Uh, you know, I worked and helped wire that thing up and saw how much of a, of a pain that was. But after that experience, I was really comfortable with wiring things up. Very nice. So, so it kind of spoke to you, the, the correlation between... Uh, what an electrical engineer does and, or, and what you were already doing. Exactly. I, I thought I was going to go off to college and I was going to like, you know, graduate and I was going to go work for some company and I was going to, I was going to like design like the next generation of like loudspeakers or amplifiers or, or whatever. And there's a lot of music companies in the area. So I thought I had a pretty good shot of finding someplace locally to work at. Okay. I mean, right. I mean, with, I'm in Crystal Lake right now. Within an hour's drive, we, you know, we had Hamer guitars before they went out of business. We have Washburn guitars, uh, who also they own Randall amplifiers. Uh, Morley effects pedals is right in Cary, actually. A couple, and there, there were a couple other like amplifier companies in the area. So there was a lot of music companies in the area. So I thought I'm like, okay, so I've got a chance to get a job someplace when I graduate. This is perfect. 
So I decided engineering was the thing for me. So right then and there, that was that was it, huh? That was it. Like, this is what I, this is what I'm gonna do. Yep. First semester senior year, that's what I decided. Second semester, I signed up for a local community college, MCC, and uh, started working on the coursework that I needed to eventually transfer to UIC, University of Illinois Chicago, to get an electrical engineering degree. And uh, man, times have changed since then when it comes to college and prices and all that stuff. Well, uh, how much was it for you uh, at your community college? For 15 credit hours, it was about 800 bucks a semester plus books. Holy crap, man. My kid just paid like over $900 for two classes. Yeah, so probably like six hours. Yeah. Yeah, six hours. Yeah, so more than Ooh. double these days. Yep. That's what, I'm, that's what I've been seeing. Man, that's crazy. So, yeah, so I did two years at MCC, about 800 bucks a semester. Uh, you know, like a lot of people were like, were like refused to go to community college back then. Because like they were like, oh, it's just like it, MCC is just you know, high school with ashtrays. High school with ashtrays. And I'm like. <laughs> That's where old people go. <laughs> and I smoked back then, so I'm like, well, that doesn't sound that bad. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, I did not smoke yet at the time. I was casually smoking back then. Did they allow smoking in the classrooms? No, they, they said ash, uh, ashtrays at the front door, basically. Oh, okay. Or outside each door, they had, they had little ashtrays. Okay. But uh, man, to this day, I will tell you, like MCC, I'll stand up to them. I I've gotten a I got a better quality education uh, there at MCC than I did at the big university. I've heard that before about multiple uh, like uh, smaller schools and stuff like that. Because what you find, at least based on what I've been told, what you find is people that are there want to be there versus you know and the teachers understand that and they want to teach them versus the other places it's kind of like sometimes you get kids in there that are there because their parents are making them go you know and and it's kind of a different dynamic of of people that are actually there my take was different Uh, (laughs) okay for, for, for me it was it was all about the teachers uh for for one uh they're there to teach and they're there to teach first and nothing second um, while at the big university, a lot of these people are, are working on their PhDs or they're working on their thesis or they're doing like these government projects. So in a lot of the universities, they're there to kind of research first and then teach second. Oh, it's an afterthought for them. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, so the, like the guys at the big universities are like genius, brilliant professors, not so much good teachers. Got it. Uh, and then like at the community college, they don't mess around. Uh, if they have a, if a teacher that's uh, like kids are struggling in their class and having problems with their get grades, uh, community college gets rid of them. There is no tenure, and they don't mess around. Got it, got it, got it. The other thing was was class size. Average class size at MCC for me was like thirty kids. At the big university, was a lecture hall with was a with one hundred and fifty kids. So night and day yeah. different. Lecture halls. Yeah. Horrible. I went to a lecture hall once. For this class that I went to once. Okay. That's another story. All right. Well, try having to take 60 credit hours like that. That's the way they all were for yeah. me when I went to the big university. Oof. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so MCC, can, can you tell us what that stands for? Uh, McHenry County College. Was there a mascot for MCC? I don't believe so, no. They weren't like the flying Red Raiders or nothing like that. I know we had a basketball team, but I think that's all we have for sports. 
Um, we might have had baseball. Okay. But yeah, that was it. You didn't care anywhere, way, because you were in a band at that time. I was, I was, I was, I was busy. I was that and you know working and, and all that at once. So yeah. Right. All right. So you went to this. You went to this. Uh, you went from the community college and then you went to a big university. So does, was the big university like a party school? <laughs> university of Illinois Chicago UIC. Locals call it Circle. Circle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The, the middle, the middle of the campus is a big circle, basically, and then there's all the lecture halls are around the circle. And that's where the nickname comes from. Okay. 1997, UIC uh, is named the most ethnically diverse college campus in all of the United States of America. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. 1997, UIC is also named the most boring college campus in all of America. <laughs> Is that what you found it to be as well? Oh, God. God, yes. So, like, like when I went there, it was about 30,000 students that went there. Um, they only had dorms for 3,000. So, everyone commuted to school. Did you commute, though? Yeah, I did. So, I, I got an apartment about, uh, you know, four miles away in the city. Okay, so you were still in the city, though. You didn't commute all the way from home down there. Yeah, I had to commute for a week. Uh, from from home to uh, the college because we hadn't got an apartment yet because trying to find an apartment back on that day was ridiculous. Like literally, like the paper would come out like on a Wednesday or whatever. You would like like wait like at five a.m. for the paper to show up. As soon as it got there, you start calling numbers and like the phone would be busy. And once you finally get through, the apartment would already be gone. It was ridiculous. Wow, that's nuts, man. That's yeah, that's what it used to be, man. But uh, so like the first week we had we had a commute back and forth uh, on the train and it stunk. It was ugh. especially since we were in college, but kids weren't back to school yet. So we're on the train trying to study or sleep or whatever, and kids are running up and down the aisle screaming, talking, laughing. <laughs> I'm like, oh god. They're like, wake up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, couldn't concentrate, couldn't study, couldn't do anything like that. So I, I was happy to get that place in the in the uh, in the city. So you would have been about 20 by this time then? Uh, yeah, right around there. Okay. All right, cool. And and I would imagine this is your first go-round not living at home, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the emotional trauma from that, yeah. So so were you like, thank God, party all the time? Or were you like, I got, I got shit to do. I got, I got to get this education. Man, I got an engineering degree. <laughs> it... it that that degree, man, uh, that's a hard degree. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Really? Like, if I had like had like an extra hour a week to like watch a TV show, I was like, wow. Ooh, TV. Yeah, I, I mean, so I, I, I mean, during during my entire college career, I think I went to one bar, and that was for my birthday, and that was it. Damn. I mean, there was just no time for any of that fun, that kind of stuff. Um, and no money too. That was the other thing. So what you're saying to our to our loyal listeners is, don't become an electrical engineer because it's boring as shit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. It's hard. It's very because I wasn't sitting at home bored. I was sitting. At, you know. You know. They, they say that for every hour you're in class in, in college, you spend three hours out of class. I used to laugh at that because they used to say that in high school for every hour you spend in class, you need to spend ninety minutes out of class. 
I laughed at that because I think my entire high school career, I took, I took home a book, a book twice, and that was it. Yeah, me too. Uh, when I came to college, it was true. Mm. So, you know, so, so you're in class for 15 hours a week. That means you're spending 45 hours a week outside of class studying, plus the, the commuting and the, whatever else you got to get done in your life. So it, for me, it was tough. It was a lot of work. How are your grades? Okay. I was like a B okay. student. Okay. Community, community college, they were great. Uh, when, I, when I all said and done, I ended up like almost exactly a B average. Yeah, that's good. Better than my average in college. Yeah, that and that last semester, man. That last semester, I just did not care. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it's not that I didn't care. It's just I wasn't going to go like the extra effort on that last semester. Like I, I was enrolled in one class called computer architecture. It's all about how to build the brains of a computer, like, like a CPU for a computer. Uh, do you remember, remember 46 computers? Mm. Maybe. So, and the chron- chronology of computers, there was like 386s, 486s, Pentiums, Pentium 2s, and then we hit the 1 gigahertz pro- uh, threshold. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 486 processor was developed at my college. He was, uh, th- that Ooh. professor was one of, the, one, one of my professors. Smart guy, terrible teacher, terrible, <laughs> terrible teacher. <Nice. laughs> and I just sat, and, and I took that class my very last semester, and I'm just like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I just blah 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 blah. Like what? I I, I oh man, that that was that was a class that uh, I have to say that whole class was all, all done with lab partners. I had a lab partner that like loved the class. He was really into it. He's like, hey, would you mind if I did this all myself? I'm like, not at all. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> you let me know if you need anything. I'll be right over here. <laughs> Yeah, I think I end up with a B. Yeah, I think I got a B in that class all said and done. Learned nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, man. That's, hey, good lab partners, man. Yeah. That, yeah. That, I mean, that, I mean, I felt like I leached off of them. And there were people in that college that really did leech off people to try to get through college. I did not want to be like, like one of those. But at that point, I didn't care. <laughs> so I just did that for that one class, and that was it. So, so what is this like though at this point? Are you like, do you already have a job lined up, an internship lined up, or like, there's no like next step in your degree? Like, you're not going back to get a master's or anything. Like, this was going to be the end of it for you, right? Yeah, I mean, the way engineering works typically is um, if you want to go out and design products, you need a bachelor's degree, and that's it. If you want to go and you want to do like uh, engineering research and kind of more R and D type stuff, research and design. Then you go and get your master's. Oh. Me, I, I just wanted to do product development, so I just got my bachelor's. So I was scheduled to graduate. I did college in four and a half years, which well, was really good because the average for my university at that time was six years. Oh, that is really good. Yeah, they, they keep on adding in all these extra classes you have to take. So it's just like the, the grabbing you know this cultural diversity elective and this, 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 this. It's almost impossible to do it in four years now at, at that college. Okay. And that's to this day? I think it's gotten worse from what I've heard. Oh, wow. Because like my first four semesters, I was taking like 17, credit, 17, 18 credit hours every semester. Then I went down taking like 14, 15 for the next four semesters. And then the last one, I took another 17 again to get it all done. So whatever that comes out to be. So is that why the college is so boring? Is it because it's so freaking hard? 
You keep using the word boring, I, and I have yet to use that word. I was not bored. Isn't that what you said? Hardest... Isn't that what you said? That the report said it was the most boring? The college. Oh, oh, the college, the college. Yeah. Well, no, th- th- there, there was, since, since there was only, since only 10% of the people actually stayed at the school, there was no on-campus activities. There was oh, no keggers. There was no parties. I understand. There, okay. There's, there's none of that. And then, uh, and at the same time, being the most culturally diverse campus, I mean, I, I was definitely a minority in my classes being a white male. Wow. I mean, a lot of people from the Middle East, a lot of people from East Asia, even for, prof- <laughs> even for, for professors, man, I only had three professors that English was their first language. That's how diverse this campus was. And and one of those three was from, I think, Ireland or the UK. I could not understand the man. Just the thickest accent I've ever heard. Was he short like a leprechaun? No, but flaming red red hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. That would have been funny. Like this midget Irish guy teaching you <laughs> physics. It'd be like you teaching me. Yeah. Except for I would never teach you physics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, I and when I was a kid, man, I had a hard time with accents. I couldn't understand them. Like I was not used to listen to, like listening to people that had accents. Did you ever have problems with that? No, but I we grew up in two different places, man. The v- diversity was pretty big where I was in regards to to people from you know outside the country. I think. Uh, versus where you, where you were, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The the Indian accent. Uh, the first time I, I had a, 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 an instructor from India, I'm just like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> like I paid attention to every single word they said because I would only understand one in three words, so I could piece the sentences together. And these are my teachers. Yeah. Uh, but I got I got much better with understanding accents. You know, pretty quickly. It took like a semester, but uh, it it was a skill. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm scheduled to graduate on uh, December 2001. Okay. I I got friends that went there. They're set up. They're going to go working for Motorola as soon as we, they graduate. They're going to go work for Anderson Consultants right right after they, they graduate. A lot of people are just set up, ready to go. Then September 11th happens. Oh, and the technology sector froze for like a good six months, just froze. Every single person that I went to college with that I knew that had like like a signed like deal to go to like Motorola or Anderson or whatever was put on was was delayed. What now? What what did the what did not? I mean, obviously everybody knows what nine eleven was, but like what? Why why the impact on the technology sector like that? It's it's like it's like funding for everything froze and like no oh, one funny. knew what, what like yeah it was like funding and like the way people were spending their money because I remember the I don't know if you remember the market got screwed up for a while yeah yeah quite yeah for quite a little bit yeah I mean it wasn't as bad as two thousand eight but it was it was bad yeah 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 for sure so so yeah so 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 they all those guys froze uh, and uh, I lost track of like everyone I went to college with everyone. But the last time I heard from any of them, they were all like the, all the guys that got the six months holds. After the six months ran out, they were given another six month hold. Really? And then, yeah. And then, like a year later, Anderson Consultants went out of business and they were huge, huge, huge. Oh, shit. So, 
Yeah, it was tough times. So me, I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. So I start cold calling these company, these music companies in the area as soon as I graduate. I'm like, yeah, I got a degree now, so I, uh, I, I want to come work for you. I want to come make amplifiers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I heard the same thing from multiple companies. They're like, uh, yeah, we got two engineers on staff. They've each been here for 30 years, and they're not going anywhere. We don't need a third engineer. <laughs> really? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, uh-oh. I should have thought this out more. I should have talked to people more. I should have done more research. Okay, so so when you when you get these like calls like this and everything, what is like when when you get these conversations like this, like what's your reaction? You know, other than like, are you like kind of beat down? Like, what the hell just happened? What have I done with my life? Yeah, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm like, uh, what now? I, I was kind of like, I was kind of stuck. My, my, my dad was like, well, there's always the Air Force. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, well, if you can't get a job, there's always an Air Force. You can go as an, as an officer. And he says, of all the branches, they have the best uniforms. And I'm like, huh, maybe he's got a point. No shit, so, you uh, considered the Air Force? I, I, well, I, you know, I still have that apartment in the city and I, I couldn't get out of the lease for it. So I was still paying rent and I'm, I was coming to the point where I had no money. I couldn't pay next month's rent basically. Oh, okay. So I'm like, uh, so what am I going to do? So, um, so they just opened up the Hooters in Crystal Lake. I got friends that work there. A bunch of my friends want to want to meet up there to hang out. So I go there and, the, and I got this one friend. He's like, Hey, you know, so-and-so's mom, she runs a tech agency. Call her for an engineering job. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm engineering job. I'm, I'm not going to get it from a temp agency. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, well, you never know. I'm like, uh, engineer. I'm not going to get it from a temp agency. Oh, no. uh, he's like, well, hey, I'm just saying, man. I'm like, okay, fine. And I'm thinking, okay, so they're going to the Air Force. Maybe I'll get a temp job with this woman for a little bit just, just so I can pay my bills. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, so so I, I call her up, and she's like, oh, okay. She's like, do you know what microprocessors are? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you know what assembly is? I'm like, yeah, I studied that in college. She goes, I think I'm going to have an engineering job for you. I'm like, you got to be kidding me through a temp agency. Did, were you afraid you were going to end up like, like taking phone calls or, or working in a customer service center or something like that because of the temp agency? Not when you say... You mean what she was telling me, or what I was walking into? No, walking into to, when you were walking into it, walking in, they did a lot of labor, labor placement. So I, I thought I was going to be cleaning shelves someplace. To be honest, oh uh, okay. I thought I was going to be like moving stuff by hand. Well, you're good at that. I am. I, I definitely am, and and I, I knew that that's that's like the bulk of her business is she did stuff like that. Okay. So, but yeah, so she actually had an engineering job for me for, you know, this field that I studied. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I went in and, uh, I interviewed the week between Christmas and new year, got the job that day and then started working the first week of the year. So I was actually out of between college and my first job was three weeks. Oh, so that, that's not that bad of a time though, man. No, not at all. All because you went to Hooters. All because I went to Hooters. That's right. <laughs> but uh, they hired me on as, as a consultant. I consulted for six weeks, and then they hired me on uh, full-time after that. Nice. Nice. So that worked out pretty well. And you worked there for how long? 15 years. Oof. 
Wow. Maybe you should go back to Hooters. I closed, man. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> You're like, let's see if lightning strike twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, so you know, they talk about talk about white male privilege in, in in the news a lot these days. They do. They do, and I absolutely believe in it. I really do. Me myself, I've gone like a step further. Because uh, okay. when I got hired for that job, I experienced white male Polish still lives with his mother privilege. What is that like? Dude, the guy that interviewed me, he was white, he was male, he was Polish, he lived with his mom. How and he's old like, was he? Hey, 40s. He's like, hey, we're, yeah. we're, we're like brothers. yes brothers (laughs) yes so so like that interview was like an hour and a half long and like it was a it was a very relaxed interview like he told me all about his family i told him about my family we compared recipes for for klotzkis and pierogies and you know (laughs) things like that (laughs) and uh yeah and that's how i got the job i was only the second electrical engineer they'd ever hired at this company he was the first. We had one technician. That technician, white, male, Polish, lived with his mom. That's creepy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, mm. America. <laughs> America. America. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Of opportunity and pierogies. That's right. But all said and done, you know, so when I went through college anyways, when it came to like the, the, the loudspeakers and amplifiers and guitars and effects pedals and all that kind of stuff, you know, I when I got in, into the hardware engineering stuff, you know, and, and the electrical engineering stuff in college, it's a lot of math. Ew. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of math. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I was okay at it, but, I, it, but you know, it, it was... Uh, it was a lot of math. It was really a lot of math. Or getting into like digital signal processing. Oh god, that's a lot of calculus. Nonstop calculus. Very high end math. They don't have calculators for that. For calculus, not really. That doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> it's not. Not for me. But I, but I, I also had to take programming classes for my degree. Okay. And and like the very first program class I took was called Fortran seventy seven. They call it that because it was written in 1977, and that this is what's st- still getting taught at the schools. Oh Lord! But you know, it's a good language. It's it's just like modern day C and C plus plus and a lot of other languages. So it's a good language to learn, surprisingly. But that but that first class, man, the first language, like flipping like pixels on a screen. I never thought it was that interesting. I'm like, oh look, I made that that dot change colors. So I never got really into like computer programming at all. But apparently I was good at it. Like that first programming class, I got 103% in that class. Ooh. And I didn't do any special, any extra credit for it either. Overachiever? No, it's, it's like our final. Uh, our final was 90 minutes long. I finished it in, in like 60 minutes. And I was the only person that finished the, finished the assignment. So nobody else finished the assignment through the whole 90 minutes? Yeah. 
so 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 she basically had to like grade the entire class on the class on the curve, and then put me above the curve. That's why I got the hundred and three percent in the class. Nice. And she's like, oh, she's like, have you considered becoming a programmer? And I'm like, no, nerds. <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I think you'd be pretty good at it. I'm like, ah, oh, too nerdy for me. I want to be a. I want to design speakers. I want to design uh, speakers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something with my life. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so anyways, you know, it's it's a good thing that I ended up kind of taking those because after that first programming classes, I took a few few others and d- did well in all of them, and I got more into what's called microcontroller based design uh, in college in my last like year there. And that's what I do today, is I work on microcontrollers and I write code. I, I write basically the software that runs products, is what I do. Yeah, you, you lost me at microcontroller, because all I keep thinking is micro-machines. How do you function? Dude, I don't know what that is, man. <laughs> Look, Derek, I have good people skills. That's how I get what? where I am in life. Again, how do you feed yourself? <laughs> I, I I made this woman fall in love with me, and she feeds me. It's great. <laughs> Again, good people skills. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, um, yeah, are you at the store right now? I am at the store. I'm at the Aldi's, and this guy keeps whistling. It's pissing me off. I'm about to throw a lemon at him. I'm like, I'm working recording a podcast over here. Shut up. <laughs> So, um, so you're going to go to the checkout line eventually and it's going to, you know, make beeps and boops and they're going to scan stuff in and there's going to be like, you know, numbers showing up on the display and all, and there's going to be a receipt that prints out and all that kind of shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yep. So all, all that is run by this digital brain that runs all these functions, basically. Like Krang from Ninja Turtles? Shredder! You completed my new body. Oh God, this is harder than I thought it'd be. Yes, yeah, like Krang from Ninja Turtles. No, no, he wasn't digital. It was more like the dude from Winter Soldier. In 1972, I received a terminal diagnosis. Science could not save my body. My mind, however, that was worth saving. On 200,000 feet of data banks, you are standing in my brain. Right? Where they went to kind the, of. the computer thing down, down in the underground? Yeah, what's his name? Zevo? Yeah. What's his name? Sure, we'll go with that. Um, I'm really throwing so you off, aren't I? <laughs> No, no, I'm just I'm I'm trying to play to my audience. I, I need to dumb it down more. Oh yes, please um, do, because way above my head. So it, it's got it has like this digital thinking machine that runs the machine. It's like this little tiny like thinking thing inside that cash register. Okay, that's a microcontroller. Got it. Uh, and and so basically, I write code that runs the microcontroller. So to make the beeps happen and to to read the scanner and to you know, print out the receipt and all that. That's the kind of stuff that I do. Ooh, so instead of like a brain surgeon, you're a brain maker. Uh, I'm like a, no, I'm like a brain, I'm like a teacher for brains. Oh, so the brain already exists. You're just telling it what to do. Yes, yes. So you're not teaching it, you're telling it. 
Well, it's not AI. It has no self-awareness. Uh, so whatever I say it is, is, is it is. So, it, it, so this is the thing that comes up with programmers, the God complex. Uh, a lot of programmers, I do not have it, but a lot of them do. They do develop a God complex. Seriously? Oh, yeah, because you're creating. And, and you're, you're literally taking, you know, something from nothing and creating something, creating the system. And, you know, every little thing the system does, that person is responsible for. There are these libraries that you can download online that, that like, do, like, functions for you. Like, what, like, a library might be out there for using wi- Wi-Fi to connect to your, your, um, your router at home. Okay. Uh, one of these libraries, or a type of one of these libraries is called a supplicant. And you can use a supplicant to go through and, and use it to connect to your Wi-Fi, basically. Do you know what supplicant means? <laughs> Take a guess, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a supplicant is one who is humble before God, according to the dictionary. Ooh. That sounds special. That's a God complex. That's a hardcore God complex. Wow. Yeah, I would say so. That's interesting. D- it, to have the vigor to say, I'm going to name this program a supplicant. It's like, ho, 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 ho. Apparently, you're God. Got it. <laughs> People are... Okay. <laughs> so, so like, how are these people to interact with? Nerds. Nerds! <laughs> <laughs> They're all nerds. Nerds! Uh, engineering, man, it's, it's an interesting mix of personalities. To be an engineering manager, like I was for a year, just one year, oh, God, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it, you're just dealing with the most extreme personalities poss- uh, possible, but these people are professionals and are very proficient at what they do. What does that mean, extreme personalities? So, so you get like the heights of nerdum. You get the heights of like like so. They're engineers. They don't interact well with people. They usually have bad social skills. And they live with their moms. We've known that they can do that. They they uh, have bad tempers. Uh, they can't communicate. Some of this don't talk. Uh, some of them, when they do talk, they, they talk like they sound like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Ugh, this high speed modem is intolerably slow. I'm interested in upgrading my twenty eight point eight kilobaud internet connection to a one point five megabit fiber optic T one line. Will you be able to provide an IP router that's compatible with my token ring Ethernet LAN configuration? <laughs> and you, you do, the whole time you're like nerds. I worked with. There are some guys that led, like, love like conspiracy stuff, and they're, and they're constantly talking about you know what's really what, what the company's really doing, what's what they're really planning, <laughs> and they just killed morale for the entire department. And I'm like. Stop! Just, just, just do your job. <laughs> Why? So they can <laughs> don't talk to people. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 oh, there was like a group of them that like that would hang out like at two thirty every afternoon in the cafeteria and drink coffee for fifteen to thirty minutes, depending on how good the conversation was. I'm like, huh, what do I do about this? So I started taking my break at the same time. They didn't care. They just did it in front of me. I'm like, huh passive aggressive didn't work <laughs> they're like Derek do you see that episode of X-Files <laughs> yes yes 
It was it was like that. So it's just like, you know, I, I worked with one guy that that uh, he <laughs> he 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 owned like seven pairs of the same pants, uh, a pair a pair of suspenders, seven pairs of the same flannel shirt, and and wore the same outfit every day. Basically, he was like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it managing these people, Derek? They couldn't hit dates to save their lives. Mm. You know why? It's because they're nerds and they don't know how to date. Nerds! <laughs> <laughs> bum bum yes. So, so can you tell me any, like, fun stories of engineering? So, oh boy, uh... So I, so there was this guy that whenever like you went in his domain, he would just talk and talk and talk and talk, and like when you'd walk away from him, he would follow you and keep talking. What is what does that mean? His domain. His uh, like he had like a room to himself. Okay. A small room, like a be- like the size of a bedroom, but it was you know to himself. Okay. Uh, so like you would walk away from him, and he would follow you and keep talking. And it was very hard to have a conversation with him that was less than like 10 minutes. And me, I'm like, I got stuff to do. I was busy all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So, so when I was busy, I would start like in the middle of our conversations to, to be nice and get away from, away from him. I'd be like, oh, I have to use the bathroom. So I'd, I'd walk off and, I'd, and the bathroom was right across from his office. So I'd, I'd walk in the bathroom and, and I pretend to have to use the bathroom and I, you know, <laughs> hang on there for, for a few seconds, then leave and kind of sneak out the back. Basically. Wait, there was a back door to the bathroom. Thank you. No, it's kind of like, I would just kind of like, get out, like walk out of the door as fast as possible and kind of like fly past them. Oh, okay. So he would follow you to the bathroom. No, no, no. And at first that worked like two or three times. Okay. And then he would start following me to the bathroom <laughs> and, and then talking to me while I'm pretending to, to use the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. So then I'd have to, so then I started faking explosive diarrhea. <laughs> How do you fake that, by the way? Well, I'd be there talking to him like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop talking to this guy. I gotta go program this stuff. I gotta get this project done. And then I would just like, all of a sudden be like wide-eyed like like st- stand up straight like stiff as a board be like oh my god i gotta go and i would turn around and like penguin walk straight to the bathroom <laughs> over emphasizing that like i'm like trying not to explode right there on the floor <laughs> once i started doing that he never once followed me but he probably thought there was something very wrong with me because i had to fake diarrhea at least once a week <laughs> Maybe he was scared of penguins. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Maybe he thought he wouldn't be able to talk over what I was doing in the bathroom. Who knows? Oh, yeah. That, that could be true. Maybe he was a... Was he a germaphobe? No. No, because no, then he wouldn't have hung out in the bathroom at all. <laughs> no. No, he would not. <laughs> oh, he was an interesting guy. Did you hate... Nice guy. Did you hate having to go in and talk to him? Because you knew what was coming? No, genuinely nice guy. I mean, he was he was nice to talk to. It's just like every time I had a game plan, I'm like, I need to get in and out of there as quickly as possible. And I would try to figure out like like ways for me to get in and out as quickly as possible. Did you ever get to the point where you just start sending him emails instead of going to talk to him specifically? 
I don't, th- <laughs> he was one of those guys. I don't even, yeah, I, whenever I, I, you know, I sent hundreds of emails a day, so I'm sure whenever I could, I would. Okay. Got it. But sometimes you got to go talk to people face to face. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Especially him. He was kind of a, he was like a wealth of like knowledge. He was a really good resource. If you had a question for uh, something and a lot of times you have to do that in person, it just doesn't work over email. Uh, it was bad whenever he went on vacation because whenever whenever he come back, he would come back with hundreds of pictures, <laughs> it already loaded into books that he got printed out at Walgreens for like you know nine cents a piece or whatever. He'd tell me the price every time, and like he would expect you to look through every picture from his vacation, and he would he would narrate every picture to you. <laughs> this is when my mom made pierogies on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this uh, this bird outside my apartment or outside the hotel, and I thought, well, "What a beautiful bird!" So I took a picture of it. So I went online, I researched it, and I found out that's called a, a blah blah blah. And yeah, I guess they're not common to this area. They only have them in the southwest of the United States. So I'm really happy I took this picture. Next page. <laughs> and and I can t- I can see you because I know you. Like, there were probably times where, like, you struggled to be a nice guy in these situations. Yeah, I, I can be very terse. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, Nerd. <laughs> if you would have met me, like, pre-corporate life, different person. I was the quiet guy that kind of, like, got pushed around a lot. Okay. Uh, corporate culture, man, the first time I... <laughs> The first time I threw an F bomb down in front of a VP, there, there, <laughs> that's when my whole life changed, man. You're like, I didn't get fired. Fuck this and fuck you. Yeah, that's basically what happened. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in like this big meeting with like 30 people. All the VPs are there. Are, are like the consultant for the company's there, and and I'm I'm like 22 years old, something like that. And, they're going around the room like, yeah, yeah, we should do this. Yeah, 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 we should do this. I'm like, well, hey, Derek, what do you think about all this? I'm like, I think this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I'm like, no, 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 you didn't just do that, did you? The whole, I swear to God, the whole room went quiet. Like, and then this guy's like, what do you think we should do? I'm like, well, I think we should do this, 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 and this. It's going to be faster. And it's going to make us money, blah, 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 blah. The whole, whole room went, oh, and then they're like, you're right, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> After I did that, I got invited to all those meetings for the rest of my career with all the execs. Do you think they were ever sitting there like, oh, I wonder if he's going to say fuck today? <laughs> oh, I got bad. I, you know, it's, 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 it's too bad that in corporate cultures, being combative works. It really does. A lot of these, a lot of these corporate cultures where you get down to the, the big meetings and the strategy meetings and all that, you know, being assertive works for a lot of these people. Yeah. I, um, mm, yeah. I can see why it doesn't work all the time, but there is a time and a place, though. Yeah, very true. Um, all right, sir. We got five minutes to go. You, you got to give me a better story than diarrhea, even though that was a good story. <laughs> So let me think. Other good stories. I, I've been to China three times for my job. <laughs> I think I've told you my, 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 my Hong Kong prostitute story, right? No. I'm <laughs> it was a girl, right? 
Yes, it was a girl. Okay. I, I, I think. <laughs> I, think. I, I, I think it was. I think it was the last time I, I went to I went to Hong Kong. Those are twelve hour days. Whenever I travel over there, so but like whenever I'm in Hong Kong, I try to like every night go out and just kind of walk around the city to see it, to, just to do some sightseeing. Mm-hmm. So, so I remember I, I'm out and I and I see this woman in front of me wearing like this like zebra print like mini skirt. And dressed, you know, very, like, like the clothes, they looked very expensive to me. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, I'm like, wow, I can tell that, that she's older, but she's a very lovely woman. Like, I, I thought she was a very lovely woman, like, you know, very in shape and everything. She turns around, looks at me and goes, you got girlfriend? And I'm like, oh, no, this is a prostitute. You were like, I do tonight, baby. Here's my checkbook. <laughs> she was gorgeous, but but I'm like... You hear stories about stuff happening overseas. You hear multiple stories about it. So I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. No. So I turn around and start walking away and she's following me. She's like, she's like, I'd be your girlfriend. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'm good. Leave me alone. I, I show you good time. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I love you, you long time. <laughs> she, she followed me like two or three blocks till we got back to my hotel. And then she followed me up to the entryway into the hotel. Damn. And then, then she finally turned around. I'm like, oh god, man! They were she was gonna kidnap you and sell your kidneys. No, the shtick that I, I've heard about this firsthand from people, and they also ta- showed it in that movie, um, that Bill Murray movie, Lost in Translation, uh, where it's kind of a thing that happens over there, where like they try to get into your room, and then as soon as you they get into your room, they start screaming rape. What the fuck? And then and and then basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to be to like throw money at them to shut them up, or or what they'll do is they'll like you know make a hubbub, have hospital like have hotel security come up, get involved, yada yada. It's it's a it's a cash scam basically. Damn, that's hardcore, man. Yeah. Holy shit! I actually know two people. Firsthand, that told me about how they went through the scam. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> serious, yeah. Man, what part of just say no did they not get? These women are persistent. They're not saying no. Yeah, well, I mean, if the chick's trying to, like, you know, like what you did, you were like, no, I'm good. You know, why didn't they just do that? Because uh, men do that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know? Point taken. Not all men, but some men do. So, especially I mean, if they're Polish living with their mom. You know what? I would say they are. Those are the, the least likely to be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> Strangely enough. That's funny. So, Derek, you became an engineer, an electrical engineer, I did. and um, you know, not a conductor of a train. But uh, now I got patents and stuff. You got patents. For, yeah, for my company, yeah. That's amazing. Does that mean you get like, do you got like drawings and frames with patent numbers and stuff like that? Yeah, <laughs> it's so, it's funny. You get you get your patent and like days later in your mailbox, you start getting this, uh, these uh, like, what would you call them? Like ads basically like, hey, we can give you a framed copy of your patent page and blah, 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 blah. And Bozed and Gold for, you know, $250. Like all these services like start sending you like mailers, like how they'll, how they'll take your patent and turn it into something pretty you can hang on your wall. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Uh, so did you ever do it? No, I didn't. Okay. Kind of tempting though. It was kind of tempting. Especially the first time I would imagine. 
Yeah, I guess. Patents are weird, though. Once you get into the whole patent process, you're like, oh, this is no big deal. And once you start hearing about how broken the patent process is, it's like, ugh. Okay. So you've, you got patents, electrical engineer. So what do you do next, Eric? What do you do for an encore? Start a podcast, baby. Fuck yes. We should patent that. <laughs> uh, that's the fucking future. No matter what, no matter where I go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna if I if I if I ever leave and get a job in Florida, like we talked about, Derek. I'm gonna make sure I live at least an hour away from work so that we can record <laughs> the podcast. Well, either that, or you could actually like set up a studio room and do a regular podcast. But then it's not the commute home. <laughs> That's true. We could just change the name. It would be the the home or something. Uh, Woodshedding with Nick. Woodshedding. <laughs> Woodshed. <laughs> ah, yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.